Welcome to week three of Blockbuster Season. This episode, we have one big movie to talk about, but it's a small release week as there's only five movies on the docket. You could probably guess what my pick is, but do you know what the other movies are? Stay tuned and find out. It's the week of May 19th, and this is episode 43 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Alright everyone, welcome to the show. Like I said, this is episode 43, and also like I said, my name is Billiam, you're listening to Future Flicks. Let me give you a little information on what it is I do, just in case you're new. And if you're new, welcome. Welcome to the show, welcome to the family. And if you're a return listener, then welcome back. Thank you for your support. In Future Flicks, I go over every movie that's being released during the week. I tell you what it's about who's in it, and my thoughts on it. I will give the movie a score, which I call the Billiam's Interest Level Score, aka the Bill Score. This score is only based on the trailer and anything that I've read about the movie. But let's start this episode with some housekeeping. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, Tumblr, and any podcast listening app. You can also find me on the Somewhat Nerdy website. That's somewhatnerdy.com. You can reach me on Twitter at BilliamSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. And I'm on Instagram at BilliamSWN there. Still not a lot of activity on the Instagram front, but um, I'll just keep on promising I'll get better. And one day I will. That's how it's going to work. Let's move on to our first segment, folks, which, if you're a returning fan, you'll know is the news. According to Empire Magazine, Guy Ritchie had an open audition for the live-action Aladdin. To be applicable, you had to look Middle Eastern, preferably be Middle Eastern too, look 18 to 22, be able to sing, be physically fit, and dancing wasn't a requirement, but it would have helped. Anna Tyler-Joy and Macy Williams have joined the cast for Fox's X-Men spinoff titled New Mutants, this according to Hollywood Reporter. Also in that news, and I forgot the source for this story, but James McAvoy says he will not be reprising his role as Professor Xavier in this movie. The Strangers 2, the sequel to the nine-year-old horror thriller movie starring Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman, now has a cast. Christina Hendricks will star in the picture, Variety reports. They also report that M. Night Shyamalan unveiled an unbreakable sequel that many of us have known about, but he's trying to tie in the movie Split as well. As some IMDb regulars have already found out, there's some confusion as to what Fox's next live musical is going to be. Variety says it's going to be Rent, while the rap says it's going to be a Christmas story. After reading both articles, it looks like the rap wins because the Christmas story has a vaguely set release date of this coming December, while Rent, my favorite musical, has no date or cast. Give thanks to our good friend Roz from Roz's Midnight Macabre for this bit of news. According to iHorror, Zac Efron has been cast as Ted Bundy. I'm actually really excited for this. This is great news to me because I like Zac Efron and I think this is his chance to stretch his wings because he was introduced to us in High School Musical as just a pretty boy who couldn't even sing in the first one. I think he sang in the later ones, if I remember right. Someone correct me if I was wrong, but then he turned into this like beefy comedy guy and maybe now he can show us that he can really act. 
And finally in the news, in weekend box office numbers, according to Box Office Mojo, Guardians 2 won with a $65.2 million weekend, bringing their total to $248.4 million. Snatched came in second with $19.5 million, and King Arthur Legend of the Sword, last week's pick, predictably came in at third place with $15.3 million. It's sad because it was a good movie, but it came out at the wrong time. This movie is going to lose a lot. This weekend was its only shot to make any money. It just came out at the wrong time. And with that, my friends, it is time to step into the trailer trove. Avast, and welcome to the trailer trove. Okay, how was that? Uh, let me know, because I want to add some sea shanty music to the back, so this isn't the final product, but there we go. We finally have an intro. I don't have to do it each and every time. I don't think that was a bad pirate voice. I mean, it wasn't good. It just wasn't bad. It's in that gray area. All right, well, like that said, we are now in the trove. The first trailer that came out was Red Nose Day Actually. That That is a full name, Red Nose Day Actually. It has a trailer. It's a 15-minute short where the cast of Love Actually shows where they are now. This will benefit the Red Nose Day charity. Our next trailer isn't a movie, but a show. There's a trailer for The Orville out now. Or just Orville, actually. It's a sci-fi comedy starring Seth MacFarlane. I'm not a fan of his at all. I find all of his jokes are the same. Family Guy became a boring, preachy mess, but this looks really good. Also, I'd support it anyway because it's a sci-fi TV show. The trouble is, it's going to be a CG-heavy show and that adds pressure for a show to do well. Even if it does well, if it doesn't do well enough to please the executives, it'll get the axe. The Tim Allen show Last Man Standing just got cancelled even though it always had good ratings. Okay, though there's speculation that's for political reasons that got cancelled, but we're not going to get into that. But that just shows that shows really have to do super well to stay on the air when it comes to the big four that's fox abc nbc cbs that's why the future of tv is on netflix hulu amazon prime and all those other services all right another tv show has a trailer but this time it's from netflix and it looks awesome awesome enough that i decided to add it to this just like I did Orville. This show is called Glow, starring Alison Brie, where she plays an actress who can't find work and finds a paying job becoming a professional wrestler. So check that out. The Emoji Movie has a full trailer, and it looks like cancer got animated. This is going to be a movie to skip even if you have kids. There are better cartoons to watch out there that aren't complete garbage. If you want to watch this movie, just watch Inside Out. It looks like it's going to be fairly similar but much worse than Inside Out. Baywatch has a red band trailer, and it looks stupid and hilarious. Unlike the Emoji Movie, this film is the right kind of stupid. It's very self-aware and knows it's being stupid. This is going to be an action-packed, raunchy comedy, and it's going to be a good time. The final trailer for The War for the Planet of the Apes is out, and it looks like it's going to be the best movie in the series. Woody Harrelson playing a fantastic bad guy with Andy Serkis reprising his role as Caesar and hopefully giving another amazing performance. 
Finally, a trailer that means a lot to me hit the scene this week, Battle of the Sexes, about the Bobby Riggs-Billie Jean King tennis match. Stars Steve Carell, Emma Stone. I mentioned this before on the show, uh, and it was because it was directed by Valerie Ferris, who's the daughter of Jim Ferris, who was an editor on such shows like The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, SWAT, and The Mod Squad. He was also a friend of mine. He passed away in October of last year, but was able to film one scene in this movie. Uh, he was always an extra in his daughter's films, and he got to do his scene in this. And so I want to see this in theaters to pay my final respects. I apologize now because I'm probably going to repeat the same story when the movie comes out. I believe it's coming out in September, so please bear with me when that comes around. It, it won't be that long. So sorry in advance. Well, that is it for the trailer trove this week. Let's jump right into the movies with the first movie of the week, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Long Haul. The Hefley family is taking a road trip to visit Meemaw. Greg, however, wants to go to a video game convention. In his quest to get the family there instead, he diverts the family road trip and hilarity ensues. This stars Alicia Silverstone from Clueless and Tom Everett Scott from That Thing You Do. Dear listeners, I'm not sure how many of you have ever seen a Diary of a Wimpy Kid movie, but if you have, you'll realize that the entire cast has been replaced. It's the same characters and not a reboot. It's a true sequel with a new cast. Okay, replaced may be a strong word, though. Uh, maybe they just didn't want to do it. The first Diary of a Wimpy Kid movie was seven years ago, and the final movie they did before this one was in 2012. The kids are adults now. Even the youngest kid is a teenager. Interesting fact, Steve Zahn and Matthew McConaughey were in Sahara together. Why does that matter? Just wait. Tom Everett Scott is in this film, taking over for Steve Zahn as the dad. Both Scott and Zahn were in That Thing You Do together. I was in a writing group with an extra from That Thing You Do, so I'm basically best friends with Matthew McConaughey. Don't worry, everyone. I will not forget you when I'm rich and famous. Okay, sorry. Enough about Matt and me. I, I call him Matt. It's really no big deal. He drives Lincolns. Here's the thing about this movie. I don't have much to say. That's why I went on that little joke right there. This looks like a run-of-the-mill family comedy that's geared towards kids. The jokes have all been done a million times before. They're tired jokes. But guess what? It's geared towards kids. Like I said, kids will not be as familiar with these jokes, so they'll still be funny. This film is basically National Lampoon's Vacation, but with the Diary of a Wimpy Kid cast. I read some comments about this movie, and everyone seems to have nothing but bad stuff to say. But to them, I say chill the f*** out. This is a kid's movie. Of course the jokes are going to be old. Of course the plot is going to be basic. Hollywood generally doesn't trust children to have a clue, and they treat them like they're dumb. Lucky for Hollywood, kids eat up that sh even though they could handle bigger stories and aren't as stupid as Hollywood thinks. So adults, guess what? Avoid this movie unless you have a kid that's interested. There's nothing in this for you alone. If you have a kid, then this could be a nice day out. Myself, I don't have any children yet, so that's going to affect my score, because I cannot think about this as a time to take my children out, because they don't exist. So here's what I'm going to say. If you do have younglings in your house, keep Anakin away from them, and also, add three to this score. Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Long Haul, gets a four out of 11. All right, friends, next up is a movie called The Commune. 
a group of people form a commune in 1970s Denmark, and things start out fine, but slowly the group begins to unravel. Alright, so a group of hippies decide to live together and share and all that bullshit, but things fall apart when they realize that the world isn't as simple as they think it is. I would, I would show you my shocked face, but this is a podcast and you can't see me! This is an interesting idea that'd make for a great artsy movie, but the trouble is, it just doesn't look that good. The acting looks solid in the movie, it's a good idea, but it's just presented poorly. Maybe it's just a Danish style, like when they do drama. Maybe that's their dramatic flair that they're showing in these films that just somehow doesn't translate over to our shores very well. Whatever the reason, it doesn't work, and I'm not a fan. This is the kind of movie that snobs will go see so they can name something artsy that they know the rest of us haven't seen and will feel superior about it. Check out the trailer if you're in the mood for a foreign drama. This could be a case of a trailer. It's happened before. Maybe the Danish trailer guy sucks at his job, but the way it is now, I have to base my decision off what I saw in the trailer. And that decision is that the commune gets a 3 out of 11. Alright friends, we have one movie left before the break. And that movie is called Everything Everything. Maddie is a teenager who's lived her whole life inside because she's allergic to everything. Ollie is a boy who moved in next door. The two instantly have a connection, but the problem is she can never leave. But when tensions with her mom rise and Maddie realizes she's never lived her life, she takes her first steps outside to meet the boy she loves. The stars Amandla Stenberg from As You Are, Nick Robinson from Jurassic World, Anika Noni Rose from Power, and Ana de la Reguera from Cowboys and Aliens. This is based off a book by author Nicola Yoon and was adapted for the screen by J. Mills Goodlow, who did The Age of Adeline and The Best of Me. So just a heads up, if I sound a little different, it's because I'm recording this the next day. I started one day and I couldn't finish. I just couldn't focus. I had to do a million takes. Actually, I did five takes for the intro alone and the intro was fully scripted. Not just the regular notes I have, but the intro was fully scripted. And I couldn't even read the notes right. So I did, ha I did probably about half the show and then I stopped because I realized that it was going to be a lot of work in post to make it sound anything like a good show. So I prioritized putting out better material than putting it out quicker. So sorry for the delay in this episode. You know, maybe next episode will be back on track. We'll see where that goes. So back to everything, everything. So we have another movie this week for a younger audience, but this one seems to be more accessible to adults. That's probably because it's for older kids. Like, I wouldn't take a child that I would take to see Diary of a Wimpy Kid to see this. Not because of some crazy adult topics or because I think it would break their small child mind, but just because I think they would find it boring. Here's an example of that. When I was a kid, my grandfather took me to whatever movie I wanted to see. It didn't matter what. He had no interest in seeing the Ninja Turtles, but we went to see the Ninja Turtles movie. We went to see Ghostbusters, all of that stuff. But when he wanted to see a movie, he took me too. And I didn't protest, even though I didn't want to see his you know stupid adult movies. But I went along anyway, because I wanted to be a good grandson. And when we went to go see movies for him... Until I was a little bit older, at least high school age, I was bored to tears. There were still good movies. I've gone back and watched them all since, and I really like them now, but then I couldn't escape fast enough. 
And I think that's how significant the difference is between this movie, Everything Everything, aimed at a younger audience, and Diary of a Wimpy Kid, aimed at a much younger audience. So I haven't done one of my comparisons yet, so here it is. This movie looks like Bubble Boy and The Fault in Our Stars had a very sick baby. I don't think this is going to be as sad as The Fault in Our Stars because the author who wrote this said that she wrote it when she was a new mom and afraid that her child would constantly be at risk of hurting themselves. So unless she really wanted to go the Nicholas Sparks route and just wanted to see people cry, I don't think the girl will die. This is going to be a cute romance. Maybe tragic, maybe not. Time will tell. But either way, this is going to be a reliable movie as far as enjoyability goes. This isn't going to be great. This isn't going to be terribly memorable for most of us. But it will be sweet. And that's the kind of movie people who love love love. Did you follow that? This is the kind of movie that people who love love love. Sleep on that. This is the third film by director Stella Meggie and the second feature-length project, so I can't use her directing ability as a pro or a con for this film. I've never read the book, so I can't do that. I can say that the screenplay writer Jay Mills Goodlow knows what she's doing when it comes to romance, so there's that. That's really all I can say. I can say that the trailer looked interesting, it looked like a sweet movie, and it's being written, at least written for the screen, by someone who knows, knows what they're doing. So there's, like I said, there's that. Put this movie on your radar if you like romance and don't feel like watching a blockbuster this weekend. Otherwise, save it for a home viewing. Everything, everything gets a 7 out of 11. But now, future fans, it is time for the first and only break in the show where we hear a word from our friends at both Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle. Stay tuned. Imagine yourself on a journey with the somewhat nerdy radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast, the bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast, Someone to Read a Comms, Nerds in the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds in the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. All right, welcome back to the show, everyone. We have two movies left and the question of the week. And the next movie is called Wakefield. Howard Wakefield has a nervous breakdown and decides to fake his disappearance but hide out in the attic of a neighboring house to see how his family reacts. This stars Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad and Jennifer Garner from Dallas Buyers Club. This is how you present an indie film. This looks interesting. Could the fact that they have two great stars in help? Sure, of course, but it's more than that. Even if they didn't have Cranston and Garner in this, even if they had a bunch of no-names, it would still look 
better. This is why on all those cooking shows, presentation is so important. Because just like with this movie versus The Commune, this looks interesting, The Commune doesn't. So if you take a look at this trailer versus the one for The Commune, you'll see what I mean. Before you make the argument that The Commune is a foreign film and thus will be different, I have to say, a lot of indie trailers suffer from the same problem. They're boring. So The Commune is just an example I'm using for this. What makes Wakefield look interesting, the movie this time, not the trailer, is the fact that Howard leaves for so long and doesn't even hint at him coming back. He's away so long that he starts to look like a vagrant with a huge beard, the whole time just living in the attic across the street. This could get really uncomfortable if the film really goes down the mental illness path. Mental illness is something everyone knows about but few truly experience. It's usually limited to those who have it and those who care for those who have it. When a movie does it, and does it well, it can get really uncomfortable but also be a really good thing. It could show people who have a hard time understanding that this is what it's like. This movie doesn't look as uncomfortable as like Nightcrawler did, but it could easily get there. The trailer hinted at this being a little uncomfortable, but not, not a whole lot. It also hinted at a bit of comedy, but you know, like a funny moment here or there, not a straight up funny movie. This is going to be entertaining and a good film with a fantastic performance by Cranston, a fantastic supporting performance by Garner, but this isn't the time to see this movie. Even if this wasn't blockbuster season, this would still be a movie to wait for at home. There's nothing that screams theater in the trailer. Of course, if you really want to go to the theater and none of the big movies are interesting to you, then see this. Don't let me tell you otherwise. We have a good film on our hands and it's worth a watch, but the timing, my future fans, is best left to you. And my recommendation is that you save it for home. Wakefield gets a 7.5 out of 11. All right, so if you've been counting, you will know that that was the second to last movie, and thus my pick, my obvious pick of the week, is next. And that movie is called Alien Covenant. A ship full of people is on a quest to set up a colony on a remote planet. When they land, they discover that something is very wrong and must fight for survival if they want to get off the planet alive. This stars Michael Fassbender from Prometheus, Catherine Waterston from Inherent Vice, Billy Crudup from Watchmen, Danny McBride from Pineapple Express, Demian Bichir from The Hateful Eight, and Carmen Ijogo from Selma. The crew behind this is actually impressive, or at least the crew I usually talk about, you know, directors and writers. Uh, director Ridley Scott, of course. Michael Green wrote the story. He was a writer for Logan and, unfortunately, Green Lantern. He's also a writer on American Gods, the brand new TV series on stars about the Neil Gaiman book, and also produced it. And Jack Paglin is the other writer for the story who wrote Transcendence, that Johnny Depp movie. He's also going to be one of the writers for Godzilla vs. Kong, so look forward to that. One of the writers for the screenplay is John Logan, whose name you don't know, but you'd know his movies, The Last Samurai, Gladiator, Spectre, Rango. He's set to be the writer on the new Bond movie. He wrote a few episodes of Penny Dreadful. And for some reason, he's paired with Dante Harper, who's never written anything before. So if you plan on seeing this movie, you have to see the prologues. Okay, you don't have to. 
but it's cool. If you watch the two prologues, they're on YouTube for anyone to watch. No purchase necessary. You don't need to sign up for that annoying YouTube red that they keep on pushing. It's right there for you. The first one is called The Crossing, which explains what happens to Elizabeth Shaw after Prometheus. And the second one is called The Last Supper. And The Last Supper will show us one of the actors in the movie who's uncredited. A young gentleman you may have seen something he did uh, by the name of, um, oh, what is it? James Franco. I liked Prometheus. Let me just say that. But I don't look at it as an alien movie. Not really. It's just a sci-fi movie. That's all it was. This one. This looks like a true alien movie because a goddamn xenomorph is in the f movie. Oh, Jesus, I can't believe I did this. Okay, so, you know, whenever I mention an actor, I mention what they've done. Catherine Waterston, I mentioned Inherit Vice, just because that's the first thing that came to mind. I completely forgot she was in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. She played Tina. The reason I focused on her is because I just saw a TV spot for Alien Covenant that looked sick. And I am super pumped for this movie. This film is going to take us back to what alien movies should always have been. I liked the sequels. I liked Aliens. I liked Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection. Even though they were each done by a different director and each went a different way. But still, it's good to look at this movie that's coming out this week and knowing that it's going in the right direction. That this is directed by the original guy with his original vision and it looks sick. When I first saw the trailer, the first trailer, I was kind of iffy because it looks like it starts out very bright and hopeful, but then that's the trap. That's the trap that Ridley Scott and the writers set for you. Because if you remember the first movie and if you remember the second movie, the Aliens movies that is, you'll remember that they were dark and hopeless feeling. But then later in the trailer, when the aliens are fully released and going on their rampage, that's when things look dark. That's when they're trapped in the ship. That's when they're trying to get away but can't. That's when the claustrophobia sets in. That's when the darkness sets in. That's when the screams happen. This movie is going to be one to watch in the theaters. And this, my future fans, is what summer blockbuster season is all about. Movies like this that get you pumped. This movie has good actors, written by reliable people, and has a good director at the helm, and it looks like it was shot wonderfully. So guess what my score is? Alien Covenant gets an 11 out of 11. Alright everyone, it is time for the question of the week. We actually have two answers from last week's question, so thank you everyone who responded, all two of you. If you don't remember, last week's question was which movie... Do you actually wish Hollywood would remake? Our first answer comes to us from Herc. At least that's how I believe you say it. I, I'm very sorry, man. Um, I, Herc writes for Somewhat Nerdy, and I'm coming up on my fourth year working for Somewhat Nerdy, and I've never needed to say his name before. So a million apologies if I got it wrong. So he answered the question, and he says, I know they would f*** it up, but The Last Starfighter would be amazing. If you don't remember, it's a movie from 1984 about a guy who is a video game whiz kid and he beat a game called The Last Starfighter that turns out it wasn't a video game, it was a test and he gets transported to another planet and has to help them defend their world. I'm actually sad I didn't think of it because that would be a really good movie to remake. The second answer we got is from the Uncorked Gamers. Vegan Dan from the Uncorked Gamers says, A tough choice. I think I'd be interested in a great remake of Willow, a true classic that feels mostly forgotten today. And that is a good point. Until he said that, 
I haven't thought about Willow in a long time. It's a movie I really should watch again. Uh, both of these were really good. My personal pick would be Flash Gordon. They tried to turn it into a TV show back in 2007 that didn't work. I didn't think it was that bad, but it didn't get enough ratings for it to stay around and it was canceled just like every other show that I love. The thing about this question and the thing about all the answers I got was that this is a very touchy topic. Even if the three movies I just talked about were remade and remade well, like critically acclaimed well, there's still a chance that old fans wouldn't like it just because it's different. A lot of us, and nerds especially, are very, very protective of the media we grew up with. Well, folks, it is time for the new question of the week. What is your favorite movie alien species? I was going to go alien, so you could say Mr. Spock. But in this case, I'm saying alien species, so you'd have to go Vulcans if that's what you wanted. Remember, folks, this has to be from a movie, so if you want to say the Koreans from the Mass Effect series, eh, can't do that. And with that, my future fans, it is time to end the show. So let's get on with the housekeeping. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, Tumblr, and any podcast listening app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That's somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. Five stars is what I would love. And leave a comment. Tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what I need to improve on. How do you reach me? Good question. Leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or the Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter at BilliamSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Don't forget to answer the question of the week on any of those ways I mentioned, including Instagram, BilliamSWN, Tumblr, BilliamSWN. Are you seeing the theme here? To catch on with the theme, be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle podcasts also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. And remember, the Watch Your Mouth podcast is always a hilarious show to listen to. They are a great group of guys who support a bunch of charities, a different charity every 10 episodes. Give them a listen. And listen to the Uncourt Gamers. They are a gaming podcast that I guest star on from time to time. Give them a listen. And don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy site for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy signing off. I'll see you in the future.